So session four. Okay, so um, who is here for the first time in this stream? Who's not? Okay, so we're talking about probably about 80 to 20% now. So most of you know the drill, how this thing works. I do a quick intro, same intro every day. Because I'm saying two things every day, the same things I really want you to hear. They're really key things. And then we do a 10-minute teaching slot, Q&A. 10-minute teaching slot, Q&A, response. My hope today is that we get, we get responding by 5 past 12. So that we've got a little bit more time than we did have yesterday. between, Because we have to be out of here at half 12 so the milkshake guys can, can do their things. We want to honor them. Um, who's, who's enjoyed a milkshake this week? Right, so we need to respect these guys. So, um, so we'll try to get on our feet and pray in and, and, and respond into what's been taught um, about, about five past is the aim. Okay, so the first two introduction points that I've been doing every day. Number one is this, is that the Holy Spirit is central to the Christian life. The Holy Spirit is not an optional extra. I think sometimes Christians are very kind of comfortable with the idea of God the Father, God the Son, Jesus, but the Holy Spirit can seem like a bit of an uh, extra, uh, optional extra, bonus ball type, idea type concept. Whereas actually what the Bible teaches, although it's, this is a slightly simplified version, but it's fundamentally true, is that the Father is seated on his throne in heaven, the Son is seated at his right hand in heaven, and the Father and the Son have poured out the Holy Spirit onto the earth, and the Holy Spirit comes as he comes to us, he brings to us the presence of the Father and the presence of the Son. So if you want to know the Father, you need to know the Holy Spirit. If you want to know Jesus, you need to know the Holy Spirit. If you like, you could say he mediates the presence of the Father and the Son to us. You cannot know Jesus, the real Jesus, except by the Holy Spirit. You will never grasp the Father and the Father's love and the Father's holiness without the work of the Holy Spirit. You'll just be trying to work it out yourself, but the Holy Spirit reveals. It's one of the main things he does. He opens the eyes of our heart. I'll give you an example. Uh, before I, I knew the Lord, praying would kind of feel a little bit like I was in a dark room groping around for something. Um, when the Holy Spirit came into my life and, and I became a new creation, I suddenly knew who I was praying to in experience. It suddenly became the most meaningful thing in the world to me to go and speak to Jesus. Why? Because suddenly the lights had come on. How? By the Holy Spirit's work. But I want to make the point, it actually wasn't a dramatic experience. Sometimes it is, sometimes it isn't. But the result is the same. The lights go on. And that which was previously out of your reach suddenly it's just like you know you know him so you know jesus by the holy spirit you know the father by the holy spirit so the holy spirit is absolutely essential to all of christian life second point of introduction is the reason why the holy spirit the father and the son can send the holy spirit to the earth that he might fill us and be with us is because jesus has made the way it's not because we have become good enough it's not because somehow we've got our act together, you know, we've been kind of acting really good lately and so the Holy Spirit comes. No, the Bible teaches that through Jesus' life, death, resurrection, and then ascension, he's, he's going back to be with the Father in heaven. As Jesus has gone up, the Spirit has come down. Jesus has cleared the way completely. Through his death on the cross, he has cleared the way through every sin, every shame, every dark thing he has dealt with on the cross. You've heard it time and time again, but it's one of those things you can't hear enough. There was a famous, very, very famous theologian hundreds of years ago, and he says you've got to constantly bash this into the heads of people because we tend to forget it. We tend to quite easily slip into introspection. Have I been good enough? Do I qualify? And the answer is always no. (laughs) The answer is always no. And so we, we end up in despair. 
or we're deceived and we think we are good enough and then and then but that you end up in the same place without the holy spirit the holy spirit comes as we fix our eyes on jesus jesus is our qualification he is good enough and as we hide in him we receive the holy spirit does that make sense all right great so holy spirit is central holy spirit comes because of all that jesus has done for us this is why we're amazed by the gospel all right because god is it's like so many things needed sorting out so many things need to sort it out. And God, in and of himself, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, has sorted the whole lot out so we can come back to him. It's all been done. That's what Jesus meant by it is finished. It really is. And we come into the completed work of God by faith. And we say, Lord, I receive this to myself. That you've done this for me. And I'm not going to go down blind alleys of, am I good enough? Because the answer is always no. That's not, the, that's not what it's about. I mean... The fact that Jesus died on a cross for your sins should let you know you're not good enough. But it should also show you that he loves you. He loves you beyond your wildest dreams. Whoop. Okay. Point number one. Teaching point number one. So first day, Holy Spirit is holy. Second day, the Holy Spirit is a spirit. Third day, the Holy Spirit is a person. Not a human being, but a person in the sense he's referred to the vast majority of the time in the Bible as a he and not it. Uh, today, the Holy Spirit is God. Holy Spirit's God. Now, I've already said that. You think, well, I, 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 want, to, I want to make some uh, consequences of that. Because the Holy Spirit is God, therefore, number one, he is totally free. God is the only totally free person in the universe in the sense he does not have to ask for permission to do what he wants when he wants. He is completely free, which is why it's such a relief that he's good. Imagine someone who was completely free but not good. Someone who, didn't, who could do whatever they wanted, whenever they wanted, but wasn't good. That's a terrifying idea. But actually, because God is good, it's a great idea that God is free. He never has to run any ideas past anyone. He never has to wait for permission. There's not a committee in heaven that he goes to and he says, I'm thinking about this, what do you think? And uh, people cast a vote. No, no, no. The Bible says that he does what he wants with the host of heaven and the inhabitants of the earth. He is totally free. The Holy Spirit is God. He is free. He is sovereign. Uh, Jesus said the wind blows which... Let me try and make sure I'm not quoting it wrong. John chapter 3. Because it's one of those verses that gets quoted a lot. But sometimes I think it gets, uh, doesn't get said quite as Jesus said it. So let's make sure we get it right. The wind blows where it wishes and you hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Now remember what I told you on day two, that the, the word in the Bible, the, the Greek language, the word for Spirit is also the word for and wind and breath. So you could translate it as Jesus saying this, the spirit blows where it wishes. You hear its sound, but you don't know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the spirit. Now you can take that two ways. Jesus is saying it's the same for those who are born of the spirit. Number one, I think you can take it this way. It means that when you become born again or born of the spirit, it's kind of like, how did that happen? How did that happen? Everyone's story is different. Some people are really seeking for God and then the Spirit comes and, it's, and you can end up thinking, oh, okay, if I really seek for God, then other people are not interested in God. Other people are rebelling against God and the Spirit comes and saves them. You don't know where he comes from or where it's going. You think, what was that? The Spirit just rushed through and you're born again. That's, you can take it that way. You can also take it to mean describing the life of those who are born of the Spirit. You don't know where they come from or where they're going. In the sense that when, you are, when, you, when you're walking with the Holy Spirit, 
there is this constant sense of what's he going to say next? What's he going to do next? Where are we going to go next? What's God got in store? And even though you might have your five-year plan and it might make you feel safe, do you know what? He might mess that up. In fact, the Bible says, don't start boasting about what you're even going to do, what you're going to do next year. Don't start saying, I'm going to go there, I'm going to start a business. This gonna... Don't do that. He says, you don't even know what a day brings. And it's not that it's wrong to plan, but there's something about life in the spirit where you just, you're just like, God, okay, what's, what's next? The spirit is sovereign and free. He will blow you here. He will blow you there. And it's not like you never commit to anything. Wherever he blows you, once you're there, you absolutely give yourself to that church, to that job, to those people. But you are always open for the moment where he says, now I am calling you here. That's life in the spirit. He's free and he creates free people. I hope you find that exciting. Expecting a whoop or something, but it's cool. It's real. It's fine. No, 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 no. I don't want to manipulate. No, no. I don't want to manipulate. It. Just only do it spontaneously. Only do it spontaneously. Right. Okay. Right. Fine. Yeah, okay. Right. Okay. We're just having a bit of fun. Um, what was going to say? What else? He's free. He's sovereign. He's prepared good things for you to do in advance. He's got a plan for your life. He's planned out good works. The Bible says you're not saved by good works, but you are saved for good works. Did you know that? You're not saved by good works. You're saved by Jesus. But what am I saved for? Good works. That's the plan of God, to give you good things to do. Things that will bless, build up, things that will change lives. That's what he's got for you. Sometimes really tiny things that not many people notice. Other times big dramatic things. He's got good works planned for you. He's free. He's sovereign. He's got it lined up. Just, it's just Our responsibility is just walk with the Spirit and you will walk into the good works he has prepared for you. Relax. Walk with God, relax. So many Christians are so uptight about, oh, you know, I want this, I want that, and, you know, I, I, relax. Relax. Walk with, just walk with the Lord. He'll, 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 he, he brings it together at the right time. He cares about you. He's your father. He cares about you. I think some Christians see their life as like a tightrope. I mean, that, imagine that. Imagine live, literally living your life on a tightrope, literally. Having dinner. On a tightrope, everything. I, I don't know about you, I'd find that quite stressful. Is it just me that would find that quite, quite a stressful concept? Imagine it going to bed. I hope I don't roll over in my sleep. But some people approach the Christian life like that. What are you doing? You can't live like that. That's unsustainable. That's too intense. Relax. I'm not saying don't be zealous, don't seek God, of course. But relax. You're in his hands and he is sovereign and he is free and he has prepared good things for you. The Holy Spirit is God. He's in charge of everything. He's in charge of everything. He, he works all things together for your good. Are any of you feeling a little bit relieved as you're hearing this? I hope you are because you, you ought to. And also the final thing to say on this is because he's free, he will, he will gift you. He will give you the gifts. I'll be more on this tomorrow, but according to his will. Now that doesn't mean you can't ask for things you want and very often the desires in our heart actually are there because they are God's will for us. But the Bible is clear, I would just say this, that he gifts according to his will. So again, relax. He's got a plan, he's got a will. It, it, it all fits into this big picture that he's doing. There'll be more on that tomorrow. But I just want you to know that. He is free, he is sovereign, he is God. Questions? I'm saying he gives different people different gifts. Absolutely. That's the beauty of the body of Jesus. That I, if I've been made to be an eye, I haven't got to spend my whole life sweating trying to be an ear. It's such a relief. I'm not an ear. I'm an eye. Cool. According to the Spirit's will. 
I can let the eyes do the, do what I do as an eye, the ear can do the ear. I honor what the ear does because without that, the body's not working properly. But I haven't got to worry that I'm not an ear. It's just a lovely releasing thing. He gives diverse gifts according to his will. More on gifts tomorrow. Let's just talk, let's think about just the sovereignty, the freedom of God, the freedom of the Holy Spirit, that he is God and what that means. And just let's, let's think about how it, questions that apply to your life, things that really help you work out. Okay, so what about this? What about that? Yes. Walking in obedience to what the Spirit says is actually, I would say primarily, um, your, your primary thing is to um, read your Bible. Because you get to know God through the Bible and that helps you to discern what really what is the Holy Spirit and what isn't. And it keeps you going down, from going down that crazy track of just like having loads of voices in your head. Do you know what I mean? You end up living like a sort of a, a, a mad person. You know, God doesn't want that for us. Um, so, but once you know that it's the Holy Spirit, then I think the tips are to sort of go for it. Um, step in. Do it humbly. Um, uh, and just learn from learn from the experience of obeying the Holy Spirit. Just, it, it's, I think sometimes it's kind of like we put ourselves under such pressure to be perfectionists in these things. We create an impossible scenario for ourselves, rather than just saying, Do "You know what? Like, I'm going to just try and learn how to obey God." So for me today, I I just I'm walking back from you know the the um, you know the, the walk of death back from McDonald's. I mean, it's crazy. So like running across motorways and stuff. Well, I'm walking. But I just felt I need to text someone and just encourage them. Now, that's the kind of thing God would prompt someone to do. Why? Because he's the God of all encouragement. I know that because the Bible says. So I just wrote down this, you know, just and sent it. And the response was, oh, you don't know how much that means to me. Thank you, Lord. It's walking with the Spirit. No drama. It's not always pray for that person in a wheelchair. Sometimes it is. But it's not always. It's, very often it's just little acts of kindness here and there demonstrating the, 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 the character of Jesus. And just, 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 just go for it and learn as you go. And God's with you and you're not on a tightrope. The, 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 there is something narrow about following Jesus, but there's also something quite broad about following Jesus. The Bible talks about a spacious place where you can kind of run around and enjoy it. Yeah, so you don't want to be living anxious the whole time. Two more questions. Okay, so can you resist the Holy Spirit? What would happen if the Lord was trying to take somewhere, but you resisted it? Probably what would happen is, is that um, in his kindness, he would create some kind of scenario, I would imagine, whereby you kind of found yourself in a bit of a, <laughs> in a bit of a, to some degree, a bit of a holding bay <laughs> until you obey. So it's a bit like the, the, the Israelites in the wilderness. It's a six-week journey through the wilderness. It's a six-week journey from Egypt to the Promised Land. It took 40 years. It took, why did it take 40 years? Because they were kind of stubborn, and they kept resisting God and grieving him. And so in the end, God said, you know what? We're, gonna just go, we're just going to go around, and, and the next generation is going to come in. But that was willful, persistent resistance. Um, I think all of us just, we're all on that journey to learn how to obey as quickly as we can. We're all learning that. God is not harsh. There is, there is, well, the Bible says that there is, a, there is a severity to God's side. He's not always just some kind of soft touch, but his disposition towards his children most naturally is one of tenderness. But if there's a serious area where he's really speaking to you about and you are stiffening your neck for your good, he will just kind of, he's gonna, he's gonna, it will affect the progress but just until you sort of learn that his way is best. It's like me with my kids. If my kids aren't, maybe they're at a point, they really need to learn something, but they're resisting it. If I then give way to that, I'm not being a good dad. 
I need to say, no, actually, this is really important that you get this. If I, if I, if I say I'm, I refuse to tidy my room and I just give way to that, then what I'm doing is I am preparing them for a life where when they flat share, they're really annoying to those they're sharing a flat with because they're creating a disaster zone around them. Yeah? When they get married, they're really annoying for their spouse because wherever they go, there's just a total mess behind them. So as a, as a loving father, I need to gently keep saying, no, this is something you, you do need to think about um, because this has got implications for your life. It's a little example, but do you understand what I mean? So he's kind and he's gracious, but he does want you to learn. One more question. Yeah. How do you know if the Holy Spirit is actually talking to you? Um, Firstly, get to know your Bible because the Holy Spirit breathes it out. And if it's kind of lined up with the Bible, it's probably the Holy Spirit. Um, Secondly, have good people in your life at least 10 years older than you spiritually that can give you advice and counsel. Do not just go to your friends. Do not just go to your peers for advice. Go to people that are older and more mature than you and ask them what they think. The Bible says with a lot of counselors, there's victory. You win when you have counsel. If you refuse counsel, you're more likely to go into crazy land. Is that okay? Did you want to say something, Liv? Sometimes it can be helpful to not attribute everything to the Holy Spirit and recognize that sometimes it's you. <laughs> uh, I've got friends who really want to walk closely with the Holy Spirit, but so much so that it's almost like the Holy Spirit told me to eat this for breakfast, told me to wear this, told me that I should listen to this song, told me that I should ring this person at this point. Told me that I'm like, Really? Or did you want to eat that for breakfast and you kind of you wanted to listen to that song because it's a good song and it encourages you it, it's great for us to be sensitive to the fact that he's a person that he's with us that he speaks to us that he's free that he leads us but also god god we're not like robots and we're waiting for our next command eat, 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 go left go right god also says what do you want to do what, what do you want to read? Do you want to watch that film? Do you want to watch that film? Do you want to get, fill your mind with that? Or do you want to fill your mind with that? And it, it is important that we are sensitive to the Holy Spirit and we respond to him. But we don't like over-dramatize our lives into being, well, I can't go to that meeting tonight because the Lord hasn't told me whether I should be there or not. It's like, well, what are they doing at that meeting? Well, they're going to preach the Bible and pray for people. Sounds like a good place to go if I was you. You know, oh, I don't know whether I should go out for that drink or not because I don't know if the Lord's told me. Well, what are they going to do in the pub? Well, I think probably get plastered and try and pull someone. Um, probably think that that wouldn't be a great idea to go there. Do you see what I mean? You don't always need to have had like the voice of the Lord that's led you to every decision. God actually gives you a lot of freedom because you're not on a tightrope to make loads of choices. And the Holy Spirit prompts you when you're going, you know, kind of out of what is wise. But he doesn't necessarily define how you should do everything all the time. Yeah, that's great. One of the things I've found is that Christians sometimes who, 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 who keep really say, I really, really want to know what the Spirit's saying, sometimes it's because they're running away from decision-making. Some people are f- afraid of making decisions. Uh, and and, and, and God, God will not want to promote that kind of fear. He will want to help you learn how to make good, godly decisions um, based on what you know about his character from the Bible. Um, that does not in any way mean that God by spirit doesn't sometimes in a really special way speak in and direct and bring special things of course he does but it's within the context of learning how to live a godly biblical decisive life okay second teaching point are you ready these points every day are kind of steps if you like to take that will really help you grow in walking with the spirit day one was repentance day two was faith yesterday was about desire i think they're all up online if you weren't here you can listen to them today's is surrender surrender this now surrender is a really important thing um it's not it's not how can i put it um i don't again i don't want to over dramatize it but it is a big deal 
So what we tend to find is if you look back to the Garden of Eden, God says to Adam and Eve, you can just have a great time. You can eat from any tree you like, just not that one. Um, If they had surrendered to the wisdom of God and said, okay, I trust that you know best, we wouldn't be in the pickle that we're in. Instead, they fought against what God had said, his commands. They refused to surrender, if you like, to submit to his wisdom. And they started in their heart to go after something, to reach for the throne, to reach for his throne. They, one of Satan, part of Satan's temptation was, you'll be just like God. And there's that sense of, I want to oh, be, like, be the all-knowing one who, who, who is the sovereign one. And that is really the heart of a lot of our sin. And so part of learning to what we've got is that we give that up. We don't reach for the throne anymore. Uh, but that we actually say, you know, Lord, I want to surrender to your wisdom. And that's not always easy. That, 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 the Holy Spirit will empower us to do that. <clears throat> but there are moments where it's a bit of a wrestling match because it's something that you really want. But you know because you know because you know God is either saying no or not now. And so surrender is of absolute vital importance. Where you're basically saying, Lord, I'm going to get out of the driver's seat of my life. And I'm not going to become indecisive and just, you know, like, like Livy was saying, that kind of scenario. But what I'm going to say is this, is that my life is fundamentally no longer my life, but it, it is yours. I recognize, Lord, that everything's yours. And I'm so grateful for my life, but it's not mine in an ultimate sense. It's yours. Uh, and I want to glorify and honor you with it. Uh, I want my life and all the gifts you've given me to point to who you are. Uh, I, wanna, I don't want to run ahead of you. I don't want to fall behind. I want to learn just how to walk in step with you. I want to surrender to your lordship. I, wanna, I don't want to just sing that you're lord. I want to live that you're lord. That is a huge, huge deal when knowing, uh, walking with the Holy Spirit. You see, the Spirit, as I said earlier, is the Spirit of the Lord Jesus Christ, and Jesus is Lord. So you can't have the Spirit without the lordship. He comes as Lord. He doesn't come, you can't have the Holy Spirit in any other way. So a few years ago in the, in, the, in the Christian world, there was a teaching that says, well, you can receive Jesus as Savior, and then you can choose as to whether or not you receive him as Lord, as if he was two people. <laughs> he's Jesus. He's Savior. He's Lord. If you receive Jesus, you receive the Lord and Savior. If you want to know the Holy Spirit, you receive him as Lord in your life. Um, it gets to the point where, in Galatians, the Apostle Paul says this about his life, and this is something that is good for us if we are Christians, this is true of us. And actually, this is delightful. This is one of my favorite verses. This isn't a negative verse for me. This is one of my favorite verses in the whole Bible. Galatians 2, verse 20. It's so releasing. He says, I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. The life I live now, I live by faith in him. And it's, it's like I'm just, I'm, I'm walking with him. And it's almost to the point where it's a little bit like it's no longer where I live. It's, it's Christ in me. It's, it, you know, he goes on to say the life I live. So he's not getting weird about it. He knows it's still him. But there's something about saying, Lord, just show your presence through me. Just show who you are through me. And what I love about the presence of the Lord Jesus by the Holy Spirit is that when he shows his presence through me, it will have a slightly different flavor to the way he does it through you. It's the same presence, the same character of Jesus, but expressed through different personalities. It's absolutely glorious. And sometimes I think people are afraid, if I surrender, that I'm kind of going to let go of my personhood, that who I am, I, I don't want to give that up. Of course you don't. 
But the key, the secret is this, is that Jesus says, as you lose your life in me, you will find it. You will actually find He's the only one who really knows who you are. And there's a real step of trust whereby you say, I'm no longer going to try and figure out who I am, work out who I am, create this persona. I'm going to literally fall into you, Jesus, and let you resurrect me in accordance with your image and your plan for my life. Because he's the one who made you. He really knows who you are. And you watch. You watch the color. You watch the glory. You watch the wonder of who he makes you to be as you simply trust him. And you give up that futile search of trying to discover who you are who am i discover jesus fall into him he will recreate you with such glory you will discover who you truly are but there's that step of surrender and i feel like maybe for our response after the q a in a moment it will an important part of today's response is saying jesus i am literally going to decide today to look to you and just fall into your arms And I'm going to stop stressing and fretting and worrying about this, that, and the other. And what's going to become of my life? I'm going to trust you and trust that your Holy Spirit will take a hold of my life and resurrect something. As Libby was preaching the other night, resurrect something that's the real thing. You can't have the resurrection without that falling into the ground and dying. But here's the guarantee. If you fall into the ground and die with Jesus, you will experience resurrection. Right? So you can't have the resurrection without the death. But if if you truly, in a Jesus way, say, Lord, I'm going to come to you and you, you fall into him, you will be resurrected. And resurrection life is the most glorious thing. Ask not how much of the Holy Spirit you have, but how much of you does he have? Don't get worked up on how much of the Holy Spirit... Am I I full? Am I three quarters? Give him yourself. How much of you does he have? Give him yourself. He will do wonders in you. Questions? Once you've met the Holy Spirit in person, is it possible to lose the connection? Well, like any relationship, it is possible to neglect the relationship. And as a result, the relationship is affected. Now, I don't believe that you can be kind of like severed from him. But I do believe that the fire of the spirit can become like embers. You, you meet people that once were on fire for God and no longer are. You, you, that's just reality. Um, the, the Bible uses various phrases to describe that kind of condition. That can happen because there is a, re, there is a responsibility to, it's a relationship, it's two-way. If, if, you know, if I suddenly just decided I'm not going to talk to my wife anymore, it's going to affect the relationship. We're going to grow distant. We're still married, but we're going to grow distant. And so there's some, so, so yeah, there is a very real responsibility on us. Um, but it's, you know, I wouldn't want it to be an anxiety inducing thing. It should just be an encouraging thing that actually this relationship with the Holy Spirit is real. It's two way. He responds to our longings and desires. We respond to his. It's communion. I mean, it's the most remarkable thing. Don't ask me why, but God wants to be friends with us. Like, really? Like really and truly, he wants to walk with us. And he's actually, he's not just looking to consume our personhood. He, 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 he's looking, he wants to have us entirely. But it, he, what he does through that relationship is that he creates people that gloriously reflect his image. That learn how to walk with him. And you find the people in the Bible, God calls his friends. And you just think, wow, wow that's amazing. So you can affect it. Positively, fan it into flame negatively quench the spirit grieve the spirit yeah
How can you know why the Holy Spirit has said no, like to like something you were asking him to do? Or I think sometimes, you know, when my children ask me why, I give them an answer. Sometimes I say, because daddy says. <laughs> I think it's a bit like that. You can ask him. And sometimes he'll show you. Sometimes it might be, actually, can you just trust me on this one? How do you die? How do you give it up? It's basically just a decision of the heart where you say, Lord, I, I'm actually, I, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to try to work out who I am in, by my own ideas, um, efforts and all of that. I'm going to trust that you have made me. I'm going to trust that you know who I am really, much more even better than I know myself. And I'm going to say, Lord, my life, my past, my present, my future, all that I am is in your hands. I want, to, I want you to be my Lord. At that point... He responds to that and steps in as your Lord and begins to lead you. And sometimes in very mysterious ways, sometimes in very normal ways, sometimes in dramatic ways. But he, will, he is committed to being your shepherd. He, he takes responsibility for your life. So once you've done that, you haven't got to worry about keeping it going in that sense. He takes responsibility for your life. Just, don't, just, just learn to trust him. It's amazing. He leads us. He's the shepherd. I haven't got a shepherd myself or parent myself. He's my father. He's the shepherd. He does it. He does it. Also, um, we don't start off with a blank sheet of paper when we think about who am I. It's not like you come to God and you say, who am I? As if you've got no ideas of your own and nothing ever been spoken over you. or your, you, know, you don't come with a blank sheet of paper. You actually, you actually find that when you come to God, and this is true even if you've grown up in a Christian family, in a Christian home, and you've been taught the things of Jesus and the things of God since day dot, you're not, you're not going to naturally come to God in, in your walk with him and say, right, I've got no thoughts about myself and who I am and my identity and my gifts and my goals and what I'd like to do with my life and what I'm good at and what kind of a person I am. You, you come with loads on that piece of paper that's been written on there by other people and other things that have shaped you. So part of this um, surrender that Steph's talking about is, is actually get, it gets quite specific because it's like the Holy Spirit will start to show you that there is an, an aspect of who you think you are that is written on that piece of paper and he's saying to you, that's not true and he'll rub stuff out and take stuff out and rewrite new things so I don't want you to think of it as like this kind of ethereal concept like you know oh, I'm surrendering now Lord like I, there's nothing of me you write all over me actually what you're saying is I'm surrendering everything that's on my piece of paper to you now you start rubbing out and rewriting the stuff that needs to be written so we've all got an idea of what kind of a person we think we are We've all got a self-image, we've all got a sense of esteem or whether it's a great high sense of self-esteem and you think that you basically rock and that you're going to save the world or whether it's a terribly low sense of self-esteem and you kind of want to crawl under a rock and die. Like you, you've, got, you've got an impression of what you're good at, what, you, what your life might amount to, you know, what, what kind of a person you are. And, and the, sometimes the walking with Jesus and surrendering is actually about bringing on a regular basis your, your definition, as it were, your piece of paper to him and letting the truth that's in God's word, because I would say, you want to know who you are, it's all written in that book. Line after line after line is God saying, this is who you are, this is who you are, this is who you are. And so actually it's bringing, oh, I thought I was that. No, 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 you're not that, you're this. Wow, surrender is saying, oh, okay, I'm going to stop believing that I'm that then. I'm surrendering that. I'm going to take on this. And it's actually letting God rewrite you. So you're not blank to start with, but you're being rewritten. Like rewritten, being remade into his image. We're going to look at it more tomorrow in terms of fruit of the Spirit in us, in our character, and the gifts of the Spirit in us in what we're able to do. But I just wanted to bring that into surrender because 
it's very, it can be very specific. You might be thinking, how am I going to surrender to God today? It might be that you realize I've been believing something about myself that's not true. And that's why I surrender today. It's not like I'm giving you the next 30 years of my life to do whatever you want. It might be something far more specific, like I've always thought that I'm this and I think your word tells me that I'm that and I'm going to start believing that I'm that and that is what it means to surrender to the Spirit. Thanks, Liv. Ah, yeah. Hold on a minute. Why don't you clap me? Joke. No, I'm joking, I'm joking, I'm joking. I was messing around. This is my friend Sarah. Sarah just uh, felt that the Holy Spirit prompted her with something to help us as we're about to respond now. Shall we stand? Um, there might be some other things that might come after, but I just, um, over the last couple of days, just really felt God wanted to bring some real freedom um, and freedom in the spirit. And I think there's a lot of um, been talking about um, kind of what we think. And um, I just feel God wants to bring freedom in our mindsets and things that we've been thinking, things that we um, have have kind of thought over the years. Um, it's almost like um, maybe some of you, I feel some of you, um, it's like you have, you know, plus one plus one equals this. And it's like you're having to calculate things to then, then you can come to God. Then you can get this stuff. And Livy spoke about um, before on the first, uh, first day about um, how we can you know, we, we come to the Spirit and get fixes. Actually, I feel some of you here, you, you tr- you're trying to sort things out. You're trying to come with these calculated things to then get fixed by God. And actually, God just wants to come, and I feel he just wants to bring real freedom in, in just the mindsets and how we think and, and also a sense of striving, a striving to, to do this and then the Spirit was going to come. Actually, he wants to bring freedom for us just to walk in him and be ourselves in him who God has made you to be in him. And that's walking freely. That's walking day by day freely. And it's almost, um, I saw this picture of um, a key and there was a door. And, um, and some of you are like, I don't know how to enter this door. I don't know how to get in. But God was like, I've given you the key. The key is in your hand. You can enter confidently with, in, in him, in his spirit and what he has for you freely. And the things that you have inherited in him, you can enter confidently, not in thinking that you have to sort yourself out and then you can enter. Actually, he's given you these, thing, these things in your hand already. So I'd, yeah, if, I just, if, you, if that, you think that's you and you're just struggling with this mindset of striving and, and trying to become sorted and even as Steph was talking and thinking, how do I do this? How do I do that? Actually, he just wants to bring a real sense of his freedom over you right now. So if that's you, just close your eyes and lift your hands to him. I just want you to ask in your hearts first before I pray. Lord, I pray right now, would you fall in this place? Lord, I thank you that it says when the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And Lord, I just pray, would you come and rest on people's hearts? Would you break the chains of mindsets of what people have been thinking and bring your real freedom in your love and in your power? I thank you that we can enter in. Lord, I thank you that you know each and every one of our hearts with our struggles, with our mindsets, with things that we bring, Lord, and we can come confidently with the key in our hand, opening that door into your kingdom and into your spirit and all that you have for us. Lord, bring your freedom, Father.